guys ready for a word today? All right. Let's get into the word today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, if you've got a mobile device. Some of you know a mobile device is awesome. It's like you can carry the Bible with you wherever you go. Uh, certainly nothing wrong with a mobile device. I have uh, you know, a couple of different Bible apps on my phone. But I also like a good old-fashioned Bible. Come on, how many of you are with me? I know I'm still a little old school. But I, I, I like a good old-fashioned Bible. I like to feel the pages in my hand. I read several, several books a year. Uh, I don't do that digital. I, I do it I like the old-fashioned book. I just I love to feel those pages in my hand. Certainly nothing wrong with that. If you're 100% digital, man, have at it. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do is, is I mark up my Bibles. Uh, I do. Uh, which incidentally, if you mark your Bible, your Bible will mark you. Just saying. So, uh, so that's one of the reasons why I do that. And so anyway, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 is where we're going to start. We're going to get there in just a few moments. But I was thinking about this the other day. How many of you guys grew up watching wrestling? Come on. I, I, I'm not talking about wrestling today. Come on, wrestling. I don't even know what we got going on today. But I'm talking like old school wrestling. Come on. Come on, like Dusty Rhodes wrestling. Come on, somebody, American Dream. Right, like Sting and Ric Flair. Like Wahoo McDaniel. Come on, I'm going back. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about road warriors in the house. Amen. Now, I really went back on y'all then. Like Andre the Giant wrestling. Like when wrestling was wrestling, like barbed wire matches, they would cut each other in the head. I mean, like that kind of wrestling. I don't know what we got today. I'm, I'm not being critical, but I just can't get into it. But I'm talking about old school wrestle, the, the WrestleMania matches. Come on, does anybody ever grow up watching that kind of stuff? Amazing. You know, I got introduced to that with my grandmother and my grandfather on my dad's side. That was the highlight of the week. Come on, somebody. That was the highlight of the week. They would sit there and watch the wrestling masters. And I remember a little boy, I was sitting there watching it with them. And the excitement and the anticipation. And granddaddy had a chair that sat right in front of the tube. And whatever you did, you didn't cross in front of the tube. Or else it was going to be body slam for you. Amen. So I remember watching that with them. But I can also remember in my mind as a little boy. Because my granddad would get hyped up like quick. Especially if the referee would kind of turn his back. And somebody would hit him with a chair. Or whatever. He would literally yell at the TV screen. Come on. How many yelling do we have in the house at the TV screen? Some of y'all were yelling if you were a Carolina fan the other night, y'all. Amen? But it's all good, though. We're coming back. But anyway, he would yell at the TV screen. And I can remember as a young boy sitting there thinking, like, you know this ain't real. Like, you, you, you realize this is all just an act. But I wouldn't dare say it. Because if you told granddaddy that wrestling wasn't real, it was like throwing gasoline on an inferno. Come on, are you with me? And so I never said anything. And it's interesting because I was thinking about those moments the other day, kind of reminiscing, Grandma and Granddaddy, of 
have been home with the Lord now for several years. And, and I was just thinking about just watching those wrestling matches. And it dawned on me that so many people today are wrestling with things in your life. You're in a wrestling match. And so if that's you, if that describes you, if there's some things that you're wrestling with, some things that you're struggling with, then I believe that we can all identify with Jacob. So Genesis chapter 32, let me kind of give you a little, a little history, if you will. This whole section is talking about a guy by the name of Jacob. Okay, Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. He was the second born twin, his older brother Esau was actually born first, but, but the amazing thing was that when Esau was born, Jacob's hand had grabbed hold to his heel. And he was essentially, even as a baby, essentially trying to pull him back so that he could come out first. And the scripture literally says that there was a wrestling, a struggle, if you will, in the mother's womb. There was, there was these two young men kind of struggling it out. And I began to think about how so many people today are struggling. You're struggling. There's a wrestling going on inside of you. There's a wrestling in our finances, a wrestling in our emotions, our identity, our future, our past. And, and for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, like, if I didn't have this problem, if I didn't have this thing to deal with, if I didn't have to wrestle in this area of my life, like my life would be so much better, but I'm wrestling. And again, if that's you, then you're going to identify with Jacob. Genesis 20, uh, excuse me, 32, starting at verse 22. It says, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. I want you to remember that for later. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now stop right there. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. There, there are several instances when you read in the scriptures where you've got like an appearance of God in a human form. Like several times you read this. For instance, in the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember the story. They refused to bow down to the golden image. And as a result, they got thrown into the what? The fiery furnace. There you go. Thrown into the fiery furnace. And the king, what did he do? He stands up. He looks. He's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Did not we throw three guys in the fire? I'm seeing four. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. What, what is that? When you read stuff like that, you read this wrestle, what is that? Many theologians believe that this is what's called a Christophany. A Christophany, where Jesus actually stepped out of the throne room in heaven to play a role in human history, and then he goes back up into heaven. And a lot of the theologians, if you read it and you study it, believe that that's what was taking place here. Again, we don't know 100%, but that's what many theologians believe that was happening here. It was a Christophany. So again, that's happening. It says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. The man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, now watch this, I will not let you go until you bless me. Can I just say to you that that is a prayer that we need to pray? 
That is a prayer that we need to pray. I will not let you go until you bless me. Like, I'm not going another month with this. I'm not going into another year with this. I'm not going into another week with this. This problem, this habit, this thing. You understand that there are certain things in our lives. There are certain things in our families. There are certain things in this country that does not need to go into 2022. Can I get an amen? And so we need to allow God to do a work inside of us like never before. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be that passion, that spirit, if you will, that says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Because listen, sometimes it takes that kind of an attitude for God to do a work in your life and to settle all of the wrestling that's taken place inside of you. So I will not let you go until you miss. Now watch this. The man asked him, what is your name? Don't you think he understood and he knew what Jacob's name was? So what was he really asking him? He's saying, hey, why don't you tell me about your past? I want you to tell me about the labels that you've grabbed onto in your life. I want you to tell me about all these things that you feel like define you. These things that you've picked up on your own. These things that not what God has said about you, but what people have said about Hey, what is your name? What are these labels? What is it that you think define you? Jacob, he answered. Now watch what he says. He says, Jacob, what's he saying? I'm a trickster. I'm a heel grabber. I'm a deceiver. I'm always trying to pull somebody down so I can get ahead of them. But the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. I love that version of scripture right there. Your name will no longer be Jacob. In other words, you're not going to be that person anymore. You're not going to have that habit anymore. You're not going to have that addiction anymore. You're not going to wrestle with this stuff anymore. These labels that people have put on you because of the things that you've done. Because of the decisions that you make. You are no longer Jacob. Your life can actually change. And I feel that in my heart when I just said that. That may be for somebody in here, somebody online. Your life can actually change. You're no longer going to be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Let me just kind of give you something that it's not in your notes, but, but, but just kind of setting this whole message up. So many people today are wrestling between the person they have become and the person they're supposed to be. Let me say that again. So many people today, we are wrestling with the person we have become versus the person we were meant to be by God. And there's this wrestling taking place. And when you look at the life of Jacob, that's where you see him at. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you three wrestling matches. Three wrestling matches that take place when you look at the life of Jacob. And I think all of us have these same wrestling matches. These, these same things that we struggle with, that we wrestle with. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you how to overcome all of that. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these things down. Here's the first wrestling match that Jacob was in, that most of us are in, and that is, number one, we wrestle with our past. We wrestle with our past. 
So many people today are discouraged. When they look at their past, when they look at where they are, they're full of discouragement. They're full of regret. They're full of guilt. Like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe they're gone. I can't believe they stayed. So it's all of this, I can't believe. And we put all of our energy into focusing on the rearview mirror of our lives. And we're so bombarded by the things of our past. And we're putting all of our energy into this thing. Thinking about where we got to where we are in life. Instead of thinking about how to get from where I am now to where God wants me to be. You understand you've got to shift your focus. You've got to shift your energy. Instead of putting all of your energy in the rearview mirror of your life. Instead of constantly living this life talking about, I can't believe this and I can't believe that and I'll never be this. And you're constantly pulling this stuff in your past up to where you are now. Shift your focus, shift your energy to say, God, I want where I am now to be focused on where you want me to be. So it's a shift that has to take place. And this is where Jacob was. Jacob was constantly thinking about number one. Constantly think, well, my name is a deceiver. People have put a label on me. And so, so, so I'm, this label is defining me. And so I'm going to try to live up to this label. And some of you in here today, you've had a label put on you. You've had something said about you. Yes, you may have done this in your past. But you're letting this thing in your past define who you are now. You're letting the mistakes of your past define who you are now. And if that's you, I want you to hear me right now. I want you to lean in to what I'm about to say. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Come on, that's just good preaching right there. Like I saw y'all running laps and slinging weave. Y'all just full of turkey. Amen, that's all it is. So anyway, I can't go back and change the beginning. All of us have had things that we're not proud of. All of us have done things and said things and looked at things. And all of us have turned left when we should have turned right. We've all got these things on our path. You can't go back and change the beginning. But you can start where you are and change the ending of your life. I'm trying to get you to see what Paul saw. The Apostle Paul says, I'm doing something to the things that are behind me. What did he say? I'm forgetting the things that are behind me, and I'm pressing towards the things that are ahead of me. But it causes you to put energy in that process. And you got to do it. Let me give you one of the most amazing verses of scriptures, in my opinion, in all of the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. Look at these first four words. But if from there. But if from there. I don't know where you are right now. But if from there. I don't know how many jobs you've had in the past. But if from there. I don't know how many broken relationships you've had in the past. But if from there. I don't know how many mistakes you've made in your life. But if from there. From that place. Watch this. If you seek the Lord your God. You will what? Find him. 
if you seek him with all your heart and with all of your soul. Stop putting your energy into things that are behind you and put your energy in the place you are now and say, God, right now, there's a whole lot of stuff back here, but right now I'm seeking you, I'm going after you. And it says, if you seek the Lord from that place, you will find him. And watch what God does. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. What does he tell us to do? Forget what? The former things. Do not dwell on the what? Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, God says. Now it will spring up. Do you not perceive it? You know what God's saying? Pay attention. Amen? Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is what God is doing in our hearts and in our lives. But if from there, we have to make that decision. We have to make that choice. We have to put energy into that that place, wherever you are. If from there, you'll seek God. Forget about all this stuff. Because here's the thing. Here's what's going on. The longer you put energy in the rearview mirror of your life, the longer you're going to wrestle with that thing. And you never get the peace of God in your life. Until you get to the place where you say, from right here, can't change the beginning, but from here, I'm going to change the ending with God's help. So there's that wrestling match. We wrestle with our past. Here's the second wrestling match that takes place. We wrestle with our secrets. Turn to somebody and say, shh, shh, come on, help me, shh. We wrestle with our secrets. These things that we don't want anybody to know about. These things that we just kind of hide and we keep hidden. We, we wrestle with that. Jacob was named deceiver before he ever started deceiving. He started living that thing out. Why? Because he wanted so badly to have his father's blessing. But you understand, in that culture, the blessing always went to the oldest. It always went to the firstborn, if you will. And the reason for that was because if the father, if something was to happen to the father, then the oldest one in the group, that was the one that was supposedly a little more mature, had his life kind of together, you know, they were able to take on the responsibilities of providing for that family. So that's why the oldest got the blessing. But Jacob did not realize that. And so he wanted something that was not intended for him to have. But secretly, he's devising a plan to get it. But Esau was born first. The Bible said Esau was born hairy and red. Turn to somebody and say, bless that brother. (laughs) My brother looked like a wool blanket coming out of the womb. But anyway, the Bible said he was a hunter. He was a tough guy. A man that went in and, you know, killed stuff. Come on, eat some stuff. Lived off the land. Jacob was a little mama's boy. I just got to be honest. That's what he was. Spent all the time in the kitchen cooking. And one day, Jacob had been cooking in the kitchen all day, preparing some soup. And here come Esau. Esau came in from the field. He was hungry. He was what my kids tell me all the time. Daddy, I'm starving to death. And all the parents said, amen. Like, I'm starving 
to death. I'm like, dude, you just ate. I'm starving to death. Can I have a snack? Can I have ice cream? Can I have this? I'm like, there's still chicken on your plate, but I don't want that. I'm starving to death. He comes in. He's starving to death. And he's saying, give me some stew. Remember, Jacob had been devising this thing. He's a trickster. He's a pretender. He said, now's my moment. He said, I tell you what, I'll give you some stew if you'll sell me that blessing. If you'll give me that birthright, I'll give you some stew. And here is Esau, and for a temporary appetite, he sold the blessing, gave it away like it was nothing. And then later, Jacob knew that Isaac, the father, was kind of on his last. He was ready to bless Esau. So what does Jacob do? Remember, he's living up to that name, that that secret, that deceiver. He's been pretending. He puts all that, that hair on his arms, on his neck, puts on Esau's clothes, goes in. And as a result, Isaac blesses Jacob instead of Esau. He blessed him, but he blessed the pretender. He blessed the pretender. Jacob got what he wanted, but he was miserable with the blessing his whole life because he got it in a deceitful way. And so many times in life, there's something inside of us. We're going after things secretly. We put off this this facade that we want everybody to think that I'm this person and I'm this person. But secretly inside, there's something going on. But the truth is, there's a wrestling in your soul. Because God can never bless who we pretend to be. God will never bless who you're pretending to be. All this stuff we're keeping locked up in the closet. All this stuff we're just like, no, I'm good. I can handle this. Nobody needs to know about it. Listen, this is one of the most powerful realities in scriptures. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. Whoever what? Conceals his sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces the sins or them finds mercy. You understand, in order to receive the mercy of God, it's the people that come into God's presence and take off the mask. Say, God, here's where I am. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm struggling with. I've got all this stuff going on. I know I've been trying to hide all this stuff. I know I've been kind of secretly doing this stuff. I'm one way in public. I'm another way behind closed doors. Come on. Come on, is that hitting somebody? I'm, 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 I'm this way when I'm out in the public. I'm this way when I'm in private. I, I, I've got these secrets. I'm holding on to this stuff. But the only way you find mercy is to take off the mask before God and say, this is who I am. I'm reminded of King David. King David messed up and committed adultery with Bathsheba. But it didn't stop there. I mean, if he had stopped there, okay, but, but he carried it on. And he had her husband killed. And to make matters worse, he was covering that thing up. I'm I'm still the king. I'm still portraying this. But inside I got this. But watch what Psalms chapter 32 verse 3 and 5 says. This is David. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. Watch this. And I groaned all day long. See, that's the wrestling. That's the wrestling match right there. 
When there's things in our heart, things in our life that we know we've done wrong, we know we've committed a sin, but instead of just going to God, we want to hide it, we want to conceal it, there's a wrestling that takes place. Day and night, he said, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Watch what he says. Finally, like finally, I had an aha moment. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Watch what God did. It says, and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Let me tell you something about God. God will never ask you a question when you confess. Let that sink in. He'll never ask you a question when you confess. Like when you go before God and you're open with Him and you're real with Him, God doesn't look at you and say, well, why would you do it? Like, didn't we deal with this last time? Why are you here again? God never asks you a question. When you confess, what does He do? He forgives and He removes the guilt. Just like that. That's it. That's what God does. But as long as you keep all this stuff in, there's a wrestling match inside of you. You're wrestling with your past. You're wrestling with your secrets. Here's the third wrestling match that Jacob had all of us experienced. And that is we are wrestling with God. We're wrestling with God. Jacob had everything he wanted. He tried to get the right marriage. He tried to get the right money. He tried to get the right herd. He tried to take stuff away from Esau. He tried to give stuff to Esau. He tried everything he could to try to fix it all on his own. And yet he still had to come back to God. You can try everything you want to try. You can live ever how you want to live. But if you really want peace in your heart and in your soul, you have got to come back to God. You're going to have to come to the place where you see God face to face. You come back to Him. Listen, this is why the Holy Spirit says this. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. This is what the Holy Spirit says today when you hear His voice. Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. What does it say? They will never enter my place of rest. In other words, do you. Like do whatever you want to do. Live ever how you want to live. But the wrestle match continues. The wrestlemania continues. There's there's always another guy on the ropes. There's always somebody with a chair wanting to hit you over the head. There's always somebody wanting to pin you to the mat. There's always somebody doing that. And for some of you today, watching online in the house, that's what your life is like. That's where you are. Keep on trying to do it on your own. Keep on on wrestling with your past. Keep on wrestling with your secrets. Eventually, what that's coming to is you're actually wrestling with God. Keep, Keep doing that. 
And you'll never enter a place of rest. The wrestling continues. So what do I do? I got to give up being in control. Remember we talked about last week. This, this, this word control is it's actually a facade. How much control do you actually have? It's an illusion. You don't have control. You've got to give up control. And look at the life of Jacob. He, he always had his own solutions. Like if I, if I could just do this. If I could just give Esau some stuff. He, he's not going to hurt me. If I, if I could just get the herd right. If I can, if I can go here. If, if I can go there. But there came a night. Where he decided to leave all of his possessions. Leave all of the people around him. Leave his family behind. And go and meet with God face to face. And to loosen the control. If you want God to move in your life. There's two principles you've got to understand real quickly. The first one is this. Number one. Brokenness proceeds breakthrough. Brokenness proceeds breakthrough. It's coming to God with everything you've got and saying, Lord, I'm tired. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I empty myself. I'm sorry. I repent. I need you in my life. Psalms 51, 17. Watch what it says. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. It's that place of brokenness. It's that place where you deal with all of the wrestling. You deal with all of the stuff in your past. You take all of the secrets. You take all of this this stuff that you've been wrestling with God. You just take off the mask. And you get alone with God. And say, God, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm dealing with. And I need you. And I need you. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. Here's the second thing you've got to get. If you want God to move in your life. God responds when I give my whole life to Him. I I should have wrote this. I, I should have said God responds only when I give my whole life to Him. I give up control. I give my whole life to God. That's when he responds. That's when he responds. Some of you may be saying, Pastor man, this is a a pretty heavy message right after Thanksgiving. You're right, it is. But I'm telling you guys, in that moment, I'm I'm reflecting, I'm, I'm thinking about my grandparents, I'm thinking about those moments where we're, we're watching these guys on the ropes. We're watching these guys slugging it out. We're watching, watching this guy hit another guy with a chair. We're, we're, and in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about that time. And it dawned on me. God, that's where we are. We're wrestling. And we don't even realize it. We're wrestling with our past. We're Wrestling with these secrets. Ultimately, we're wrestling with God. Because we're not willing to come to Him. We're not willing to be broken and saying, Father, 
I can't do this on my own. I need you. And I give you everything I've got. Stand with me all over the house. Man, are you wrestling today? Is there a wrestling match taking place in your heart, in your soul, in your life? Are you wrestling with things from your past? In in counseling, one of the things that that you hear about often is, is past. And we, and we put all the energy into the past. How many of you guys ever seen The Lion King? You ever, you ever seen Lion King? Get you some kids and see Lion King. And, and in that moment, and I may get the names mixed up, so just forgive me. But, but in that moment, there's, there's the monkey with the club. Come on, who, who, who is he? Rafiki. Come on. Rafiki, got the club. Come on, you, you picture it? You with me? Come on, you got me? You, you there? And he's hitting Simba. Bam! Across the head. You, you with me? And Simba's like, because Simba's having this moment where I did this, and he said, bam! He said, why did you hit me? He said, it didn't happen. He said, it did happen. Bam! It didn't happen. Why? Because it's in your past. Stop putting all your energy back here. When Deuteronomy says, if from there, wherever there is for you, whatever the mistakes, whatever the, the mess-ups, whatever the mishaps, what, whatever your life looks like pre-today, if from there, I seek Him with all of my heart and all of my soul, what will I do? I'll find Him. Stop wrestling with your past. Stop wrestling with your secrets. The Bible says that our God is an all-knowing, all-seeing God who never sleeps nor slumbers. What you did in Vegas, guess what? God already saw it. He was there. So stop trying to wrestle with this stuff and hide this stuff from God and just go and be open and honest with Him. Lord, here, here I am. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's the... The mess I call my life. And, and then stop wrestling with God. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you'll always have a moment in your life where you're going to have to come face to face with God. Whether you believe it or not, it makes no difference. There's always going to be a moment where you come face to face Will you be honest with him? Will you be broken? Will you give him your heart? Will you give him your life? Will you give him everything you've got? That's what it boils down to with WrestleMania. I don't want somebody on the ropes always trying to pile drive me. I don't want some guy blindside me with a chair and hit me over the head. I don't want to live my life with somebody always trying to pin me. 
Misty tries that, she doesn't get far. Because, come on, I'm just saying. But I don't want to live my life like that. I want to live my life open and honest and free with God. No wrestling going on here. So bow your heads with me all over the house. Father, we need you. There's so many people right now in this place. There are so many people that are watching online. We need you. Help us to stop putting the energy into trying to fix something that's behind us. To put our energy into reaching to what is before us. Help us to stop trying to portray somebody that we're, we're actually not. Help us to be open and honest with people and with you. And God, help us to never get to the place where we wrestle with you. But get us to the place where on a daily basis we meet with you face to face. Because we need you. And Father, I know that right now there are some people that are online. There are some people that are in this place and there's a wrestling match going on. But today, Father, in this season of thanksgiving, we, we thank you for bringing us to this place. We thank you for allowing us to have this moment with you. To be open. To be honest. To, to kind of just lay it out and say, God, here's, here's what I've been dealing with. Here's who, here's who I, I am. Help us have that moment right now. For those who have come in this place today and, and watching online today, and Lord, maybe, maybe they don't know you. They've, they've never taken an opportunity to accept you into their heart and into their lives. Lord, help them to understand. Help them to see that the wrestling will always continue. There will be no rest in our souls, no rest in our lives until we fully come to you. So God, today, we make the decision to come to you. And so all over the house right now, you're still praying. I wonder if there's a wrestling match going on in you. I wonder if you'd be willing to just give it to God today. If you're in here today, if you're watching online and you're, and you're wrestling, would you slip a hand and say, Pastor, that's me. There's a wrestling match going on. I'm wrestling with things from my past. I'm wrestling with some secrets. I'm wrestling... With God, and I don't even realize it, but I'm wrestling online. I, I see you. Are, are you wrestling right now? It's time to be honest with God. It's time to be open with God and, and give Him your life. Give Him your heart. Give Him everything you've got. And if you're in here today or if you're watching online, I, I wonder if you would be willing, if you've never taken the step before, would you be willing to take the step today and say, Pastor, I want to go all in for Jesus. I want to give him my heart. I want to give him my life. I want to give him everything I've got. Today is my day. I'm going all in. If that describes you, would you be willing to just simply lift a hand real quick? Say, God.
Today's my day. Seize the hand. Seize the hand. Today is my day. Seize the hand. Seize the hand. Today is my day. You online, would you be willing to be so bold as if to say, today is my day, pastor. Today is my day. Pray with me. Help me. Would you be so bold as to put that now in the chat box? I'm tired of the wrestling in my life. I want to be free today. In Jesus' name. You mean business with God. He means business with you. Pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Father, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord, but you didn't stay in the grave. You rose and you're seated beside the Father. And God, now I ask you. To create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Save me. And Lord use me. I repent of my sins. In Jesus name. And everybody in the house and online said. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house.